y'all can be seated. Amen. Woo! All right, we'll take a something we uh, used to do a little while back. Take a social media break. Not a break off of social media, but everybody get your phones out if you got uh, if you got them. Praise the Lord if you got Facebook. I'm looking at myself right here. It's kind of strange, but uh, I've seen a couple people have shared this. So uh, one thing, Facebook sh favors stories. So I encourage you to. Uh, there's an option to share to your stories. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people watch those stories. They, you, you notice you get a lot, a lot of people uh, seeing that. So I want to encourage you to share it to your stories and or to your news feed. I'm going to share this right now, praise the Lord, to my personal uh, page. You can go to Summit Church app. For those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, we're live on Facebook right now. We're also live on our social media, um, social media, on our church online platform, okay? But most people watch it on um, watch it on Facebook, so you can go to the Summit Church page and share that. Why do I, why do I say that? So we can get the word out, amen, so more, more people can be exposed to this good news. We've got nothing but good news here. Amen. The gospel is good news. And um, so you're, in, in the, you're at the right place. Say, I'm at the right place at the right time. Okay. So um, also, uh, we're running ads here in the Fort Wayne area about the concert coming up with Ben Tankard. And also, that's on August the 9th. And then the following week, it's going to be a busy August. The following week is the um, women's conference, so we're running ads on both of those things. Has anybody seen our ads on Facebook? If you well, if you do see it, pass it on, or you can go to the Summit Church page, find the link, and share it. Okay, um, it's going to be a good time. Summertime con concert. We're going to have our own little mini jazz festival <laughs> with uh, with Ben Tankard. Praise God. So, uh, all right. So, um, yes, and I also want to let you know while we got Indianapolis on the line, I want to welcome Indianapolis campus. And on Wednesday, um, I encourage you to uh, join us Wednesday morning, 730. That's early for me because I stay up. I got to force myself to go to bed so I can get a few hours of sleep, and 7.30 in the morning, that seems to work good for folks. So um, right now, um, usually on Tuesday night, I think about changing the time. But as of right now, it's uh, Wednesday morning, Facebook Live. It's, on, it's not on the Summit page. Some people say, well, I don't see it. It's not on the Summit page. We have it on the Al Jennings page, okay? Not my personal page, but the other Al Jennings page. The, I don't know what they call it. They call it a fan page. I don't really like that term, but that's where um, I broadcast from. So I encourage you. We've got good stuff going on on Wednesday morning. 
so you can get the word midweek, all right? Praise the Lord. So today, I want to talk about believing right and seeing good. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking that um, this stuff is, oh, man, it can't be this easy. It can't be this simple, but it is. The gospel is simple, but man tries to complicate it, okay? Um, the Bible talks about don't let the, the enemy deceive you and, and get you out of this um, simplicity that is in Christ, okay? It's, the gospel is simple. Religion makes it complicated. If you believe right, good things will happen in your life. And we're talking, we're going to really, I'm, 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 I'm going to be like a surgeon today. And I'm going to drill down and just take my time and methodically, um, because I, I want you guys to be well-schooled in, in the gospel of grace and, and in righteousness. Because those are the two things that, cause, that will cause you to win in life. I encourage you to get the app. We got a lot of fill in the blanks today. If you're taking notes, this, this will help you. The more you engage, I encourage you, if you, if you, if you want to, um, get the app. It's on the Summit uh, or, or in your app store under Summit Church Indiana. And um, taking notes just gets more of your senses involved and, and it helps keep, keep you helps you pay attention, stay focused, lock in, okay, because we're going to drill down. Like I said, we're going to methodically break this thing down because um, if you believe right, you're going to see good in your life. And it's going to amaze you how simple it is. Because religion is a do good, get good based on old covenant living. We're not in a... Um, we're not in the old covenant, we're in the new covenant, and I want to break it down because this is actually, this teaching is going to help you, it's going to show you, show you exactly how to live in the new covenant, okay? There's a certain way that, that we need to live under this new covenant, and then the blessings of God are going to flow in your life. See, when you believe right, and the kind of believing that we're talking about today is believing that you are righteous by faith. Because when you believe that you're righteous by faith, it's going to unlock the blessings of God in your life. All right? I'm supposed to be, I thought I was controlling the screen. Let me back up here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're going to begin and um, having a little technical difficulties here, but um, we're going to start, I'm going to reload this, praise the Lord. We're going to start in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. It says, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, say where sin abounded. Grace abounded much more. See, we, we live in a world where people are, are conscious of sin. 
defeat and their shortcomings. People are conscious of, of their, their failures. And, and so it's, it's hard to believe that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more because people tend to believe that sin is running rampant. There's just so much sin and so much sin. See, you hear that. You don't hear about, man, there's so much grace running around. <laughs> Isn't that right? But see, we've got to believe this truth, even though it's, it's contrary to the way people think, even church people, contrary to the way religious people think. This word abounds means, it means superabounds. So where sin abounds, grace superabounds. Now, Paul preached this so strong that people misunderstood him. And people thought that this was an invitation to sin more so grace would abound. I mean, they're, they're, uh, and Paul anticipated he knew what they were thinking. He said, so, so you say, shall we sin more that grace may abound? That's not the point. Okay. What Paul meant was where there is sin, grace will abound. Where there is sin, grace will super abound. So let's stop talking about, oh, sin, sin, sin. There's so much sin in the world. Well, there is sin in the world. But that's why we need to give people the gospel, preach the gospel of grace, preach the truth. The law came through Moses. We'll touch on that law, that old covenant, and the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant in a moment. But, see, um, John said the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's be conscious of God's grace more than we are conscious of sin. Let's, let's be conscious of God's life, his health, his, his blessings. Because, see, that's all involved in grace. Romans 1, verse 16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Let me just stop right there. I was meditating on this this morning. How uh, Now, this is very interesting. I'm going to give you some cultural context. That in Paul's day, in the Greek writings, in all of Greek writings in Paul's day, the ancient Greek writings, it, it said that the word, that is the, the Greek word translated gospel, is only mentioned twice. That, that word only shows up twice in all of ancient Greek literature. It was a very seldom used word, only, only used twice. And, what is, and why is that? Because gospel, it, it means something that it, it sounds too good to be true. It's, it's news. It's good news, but, but it's, it's beyond that. It's more than that. It's, it's news. This sounded too good to be true. So there was nothing in that day that justified the use of that word. So nobody used it. 
Because there was, there was nothing in that day that sounded too good to be true. And here Paul shows up. So why is that important? It's because when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God. It's a gospel. See, now, you got to throw out of your mind today's culture because they got the gospel of this and the gospel of that. And, and, and we, um, it's a biblical term originally, but people use it so loosely. They, it's the gospel of this, the gospel of that, and it's, and it's used outside of biblical context, okay? But you got to understand, in Paul's day, they didn't even use the word. Because there was nothing going on in that day that would qualify for, 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 for something that sounds too good to be true. And this is, this is what Paul is introducing to people. And this is why today it, it's so difficult for people to get grace. It's because it sounds too good to be true. But it's true. And that's the good news. <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds too good to be true that you can just believe and see good. Seem like you got to do something. Seem like you got to earn. Because in, in today's society, in today's world, in our school system, and every, everything that, that we're taught, just getting a job and everything, every, well, what's your qualifications? How much experience do you have? What kind of grades did you get? So we're raised in a culture where everything is earned, you deserve, you work your way through life, and you get what you deserve. And so you've got to make, you've got to make a mental adjustment shift when, when you look at the gospel because it's, it's the opposite of all that. You get what you don't deserve. <laughs> Amen? You get what Jesus deserves. Jesus was made sin that you might become righteous. So now you understand the cultural context here. So Paul's introducing the word. It's like, and they're like, why? What, what did he say? This, what I'm preaching right here is, it sounds too good to be true, but it's the power of God to salvation. Now, that's the, that doesn't just mean salvation from sin. Salvation is a it's, it's soteria in the Greek. It's an all-inclusive word. It means deliverance, preservation, healing, safety, soundness, prosperity. Let me just stop you. I know this stuff. I can quote things. I can quote a lot of stuff. I can quote a lot of scripture. But that doesn't mean you're established in the truth because you can quote stuff. And don't think just, well, I've heard that before. Yeah, I heard that. Pastor talks about that all the time. You need to keep hearing it. I only have 52 shots at you in a year. Okay? Take away 26 times you don't come to church. I only got 26. So I have to continue to drive this thing uh, home and just establish this. It's not how much you know. So what are you walking in? What are you established in? The Bible talks about being established in righteousness. Okay? 
So, so don't make the mistake, oh, Pat, I, you already talked about that. I'm talking about it again. Because I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, li I'm like a surgeon. I'm gonna be, I'm going to get this stuff, just, just drill down and just, just pound it into you. Amen. All right, so, so it's the power of God not just to, to save you from hell. It's the power of God for your deliverance. What is? The gospel of Christ, which according to Galatians, is, it's also it's the, it's the grace of Christ. So it's, it's the power of God for your deliverance, for your, the gospel's the power. Say the gospel's the power. So, so embedded in the gospel is the power of God for your deliverance. It's the power of God for your healing. It's the power of God for your protection, for your safety. Soundness. Your preservation is the power of God for your preservation. It's the power of God for your healing. It's the power of God for your prosperity. The gospel. Now watch this. Man, the power of God can preserve you. Isn't that wonderful? The power of God can, can heal you both physically and emotionally. The power of God can save your relationships. The power of God can save your marriage. So don't just limit it to one area of your life. Don't just think that this is just talking about being, uh, just going to heaven. All right? Now, the very next verse says, now, I'm, I'm looking at this from the, the NET translation. So the New King James says, for in it, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, it's the power of God, so forth. For in it, now this breaks it down even clearer, but it's not saying anything different than the New King James. In it, in the gospel, righteousness is revealed. Now here's what I want you to see. In the gospel, righteousness is revealed. Here it says, for the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. So the gospel, this gospel of grace gives us righteousness. The gospel of grace is a gospel of righteousness. That, that we're, we have right standing with God apart from our work. So it's a, as we're going to see, it's a faith righteousness. Watch this. For in it, or excuse me, I'm quoting King James, New King James. For the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel from faith to faith just as it is written the righteous by faith will live now that's a little different twist and that's the reason why I want to give you this translation New King James says the just shall live by faith now it's true that we walk by faith not by sight amen we, we, we walk and live by faith but this is not in the context this is not what this is saying this is not just talking about a general walking by faith. This is talking about when it says the righteous by faith will live. It's telling us to use our faith to believe that we are the righteousness of God. So the, today, did you hear what I said? It, this is telling us to use our faith to believe that we're the righteousness of God in Christ. 
So we're to live by a faith righteousness. So the gospel is a revelation of righteousness by faith. Okay, here's a fill in the blank for you. Faith righteousness. Everybody say faith righteousness. Faith righteousness is the key to every blessing of God. I told you it's simple. It, it, it's the basis on which God is able to bless you. Okay, let me, let me go back over it. The righteous by faith will live. Everybody say the righteous. The righteous by faith will live. Say say it again. Say the righteous by faith will live. The righteous by faith will live. We need to proclaim that we are the righteousness of God. Make it personal. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. See, what gives God the righteous foundation to bless us today? It's the cross of Jesus Christ. That that. The cross of Jesus Christ gives God the right to bless us when we're undeserving. If you believe that you are the righteousness of God, by faith, you will live. Say, I'm righteous by faith. Okay, now listen, we still sin. But in the midst, even when you sin, God sees you Righteous because you put your faith in Jesus' blood. And the blood cleansed us and made us righteousness. Jesus was made to be sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it again. Say, I'm, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, Romans chapter 5, verse 17. For, by, for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So the one man's offense, that's talking about Adam, verse 12 says, by one man sin entered into the world and death through sin and so death spread to all men for all sin. We're not a sinner because of what we do, we're sinners because of how we were born. That was a state we were in before Christ. Once we accepted Jesus, you're no longer a sinner. You're not sinners saved by grace. Say, I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I was a sinner, but I got saved. I got saved by grace. So now I'm not a sinner saved. I'm saved. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. God's original, original intent for us never included sickness, disease, poverty, and death. God put Adam here, and he told him to have dominion over the whole earth. Before Adam sinned, there was no poverty. There was no sickness. That was not God's original plan. All the mess that came into the world came as a result 
of this death. And this death is not a physical death, but, but a spiritual death. And sin entered into the world. Sickness entered into the world. Poverty entered into the world because of Adam's sin. God meant his original intention for man was to live forever and enjoy his blessings and, and his goodness and his love. But Adam, he committed high, high treason in the garden. And so, as a result, death came into the world, and it reigned. And so death reigned. But something much more, glory to God, is happening right now. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. The word... Um, those who receive, everybody say receive. It's lambano in the Greek. It means to seize upon. It means to lay a hold of. What are we supposed to lay a hold of? Talk to me. If, if, if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who lambano lay a hold of Seize upon. What are we supposed to seize upon? I'm going to let y'all talk to me. I'll teach you. Huh? What? What? Abundance of grace. Two things. Lay hold of. Look at the verse. The verse tells you, right? It's the open book test. Amen. Abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We, we lay hold. We seize upon those things. Amen. What happens? When you reign, sicknesses don't. When you reign, poverty doesn't. Key word here, wait a minute, let me see it. Key word, those. You, you is a those. Those who lay up hold of and seize upon this abundance of grace will reign in life. When you reign, addictions, addictions don't. When you reign, poverty doesn't reign. When you reign, Satan doesn't run rampant and reign in your life. When you reign, death doesn't reign. Okay. Make sure you get a hold of this now. You reign. If you're taking notes, this is, this is in your app right here. Fill in the blank. You, you reign by receiving these two gifts. What is it? The abundance of grace. And what else? The gift of righteousness. Now make sure you understand. Righteousness is not some way of living. It's not something that we attain to. It's not a goal to be achieved. It's a gift to be received. See, those who receive lambano, seize upon, lay a hold of the abundance of grace and the gift. Everybody say gift. See, the gift of right. It's a gift. Righteousness is a gift to be received and not earned. 
All right, now I want to put this up on a screen. I think I got this for, okay. I want you to look at this now and think about this. Because this is where a lot of Christians, they say, okay, yes, amen, yes. Amen. But, but this is what a lot of Christians struggle with. This is what religion struggles with. This is what's preached in most churches all, uh, all every Sunday. I mean, the opposite of this, I should say. This is what religion doesn't understand. Today, say today. And what I mean by today, I, I mean in the, in the new covenant. Under grace, if there is a lack of blessing in your life, it is not because of a lack of devotion, commitment, or holiness. It's because of a lack of belief. Now this right here is where the rubber meets the road. This right here is the new covenant. This right here is what religion doesn't understand. And where, where in churches where mixture is being preached, and I'm not being hard on churches, I'm just proclaiming the truth here. Where there's mixture preachers, you know, they'll say, well, we preach grace. But then they'll preach, well, the reason why you're not blessed is because you're not doing enough for God. You're not committed enough. The reason why these things are happening in your life, the, thing, the reason why things aren't working is because of your, you're just not committed enough. You don't come to church enough, or you're not praying enough. You're not, you're not doing enough. All right? Now, now this is the simple gospel that people um, really struggle with and have a hard time with. But don't we have to do something? Paul labored, listen, Paul labored more abundantly than them all. He outworked everybody without trying. He said, I labor more abundantly than them all, yet not I, but the grace of God that's with me. He worked out of his grace, out of, out of the grace of God that was in him. See, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Jesus. That's how I work. That's how I pastor, man. And, that, and it's a joy. And it's not, like, it's, it's not even like it's work. I enjoy preaching this gospel. I'm not like, man, I, I can't wait till I get through. Man, I, I want, I, I'm hungry and... Preachers get hungry, too. I got a body. I don't, I'm, I'm not in a glorified body. If you, if you haven't noticed, I mean, it's hard time. I have a hard time quitting sometimes. I, I, so much I want to get out. But, but it, it, it's, it's this power of God. It's, this, it's, not, it's not me. It's not I. But the grace that's working in me and through me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Like the fruit of the Spirit. It's not a struggle. This, the Christian life is not a struggle. The fruit, see, fruit doesn't, you ever see an apple, uh, you ever seen an apple tree trying to force a, 
an apple out? No. That tree just chilling, man. And the apple, the fruit just comes effortlessly. I love that, that God gives us these natural examples. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit. We don't strain fruit out. We follow the Holy Spirit. We let the Holy Spirit empower, empower us and lead us and guide us. And fruit just flows freely. And the secret to fruit is abiding. Not striving. Abiding where? In the vine. Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Thank you, Jesus. And abide, you know what that means in the Greek? It means to remain. All we got to do is just remain. Just we, we rest. We bear fruit by resting. That's why it's a paradox when the scripture says to, to labor to enter into the rest. Because in this culture of work and work and work, See, we, we, we feel like we got to work and we got to earn our way through life. But see, when we, but, and that's why it says that to, you got to work to slow down. You got to work to rest in the finished work of Jesus and just let, just let him bless you. Have an attitude and say, just sock it to me, Lord. It's an old school term, you know, but. Just sock it to me. Lay it on me, Lord. Slap it on me. Let me have it. Let the blessing just come on you. Not, not by working. Jesus did all the work already. Everybody say, today under grace. If there is a lack of blessing in your life, it's not because. It's not because, it's not because, a lack of devotion, commitment, or holiness. It's because of lack of belief. What are we supposed to believe? We're righteous by faith. Faith righteousness. Everybody say faith righteousness. Now watch this. Under the old covenant, see, because we're in a new covenant. Amen. See, Jesus isn't even a, we, how many of you know under this new covenant, we got a, we got a new priest that's seated at the right hand of the Father. His name is Jesus. We're not under the old covenant anymore. And we, we see the, 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 the new system required a new priest. And this priest doesn't quite, he doesn't qualify to be an old covenant priest because an old covenant priest came from the tribe of Levi. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. He doesn't even qualify to be an Old Testament priest. God changed, he switched the whole, he flipped the whole system. Let me see if I can find that for you right quick. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's a powerful scripture. People, a lot of times they skip over it. Here, here, watch this. 
Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, Hebrews 7.11, if, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there for that another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron for the priesthood being changed? Of necessity, there is also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. Verse 19 said, The law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. And Jesus is a surety, verse 22 says, of a better covenant. Now watch this. Under the old covenant, when there is sin, under that, under that old system, when there is sin or, or a curse in your life, bad stuff's happening, you've got to find out where you broke the law. If you're living that way today, you're in the wrong system. That was the Levitical priesthood under the law. This new system. See, God broke the whole thing up so y'all wouldn't get it twisted. But people still get it twisted. Jesus came from a whole... He, God rose Jesus up from a whole nother tribe. So you can, to help you understand, you're not under that old system. You got a new system. So when things aren't working, you're not looking to where you missed it. Oh, where, what did I do? But that's what a lot of churches will try to tell you. A lot of preachers, a lot of pastors, well, okay, if this is not working, then you, you're not committed, you're not devoted, blah, blah, blah. That was old covenant. That was true at a particular period of time. But that's not true anymore. And see, a lot of times, I'm going to do, do a teaching on this. Because people think that, that I'm a, against the law. No. Those that really understand grace truly respect the law. We honor the law. How do we honor it? We honor it by saying we can't achieve this high lofty standard of the law. That's why Jesus came. And the, the, listen, the law still has a it, it has a place today. And the place of the law is to bring people to the end of themselves. To get you to a place where, I can't touch that. So we, no, we respect the law. Trying to keep it is not respecting it. Because what you, what you end up doing is cherry picking. You change, well, we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments. Really? And you're going to church on Sunday? And you're breaking the Sabbath. So now it's, go, it's, it's down to nine. 
So stop talking about these Ten Commandments and you go to church on Sunday. Oh, well, not that one, but the rest of them. So you, you can't cherry pick them. And there's, there's 613. And James says if you try to keep the whole law but it's guilty in one, so you, you're, you're guilty of all of them. What's that doing? He's trying to get you to the end of yourself to get you to realize, fool, you can't keep the law? You think you keep it? You can't keep the law. What you're doing is, is you, you like lowering the bar. It's kind of like, I mean, you see those Olympic high jumpers? And, and if, if those bars, I can't jump anywhere close to that. Huh? I try to jump over I wouldn't even touch the bar. Because I'd be under it. <laughs> huh? But there's a place where you could lower it to where everybody could just jump and just hop over it. And that's what people try to do thinking they're keeping the Old Testament. They're lowering it to a standard that they, they, they think they can keep it. And they're just cherry, you can't cherry pick. And God doesn't grade on a curve when it comes to, to that law. When I was in college, man, I thanked God for that curve. I had a, I had a, have a business degree. I should about to say I had one. I still have it. <laughs> Thank God. Somewhere. Got a certificate to prove it. But there's um, a class I had called statistics. Oh, my. Make my head hurt thinking about it now. But that professor, man, he's rushing. Man, I, I didn't understand what was going on. I was in his office, man, and I got a B in that class. I was so proud of that B. And as soon as that class, we were done with that course, I couldn't wait for the grades to come out. As soon after that test, I gave him a little time to, to grade that thing. I went in there and sat down with that man. I said, man, what? I did, 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 what's my grade? And he said, he looked at me, he said, B. He said, he said, um, I, I never will forget, he said, um, deserved? No. <laughs> Earned? Yes. <laughs> and my grade was, listen, that class was so tough, if he didn't grade on that curve, and the only reason why I got that B is because he graded on a curve. If he didn't grade on that curve, most of the class would have flunked. And I've heard of, of, of classes where none of the grades counted in, until the, like you could have got an F on every test up until the finals. Anybody ever had a class like that? And then the professor decided, if, if whatever grade you got on the final, if it was better than the, 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 your average on the prior test, you're going to get that grade. Huh? Anybody ever had that? Okay. God don't do that. He, don't, he doesn't lower his standards like, okay, if you, you know, you're bad on all these, but if you, if you get this one right, I'll just overlook everything else. No, see, people don't understand that purpose. The purpose of the law is to bring you to the end of yourself. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. 
I teach this so much. I mean, it seems like, man, uh, I get these thoughts. Man, you keep saying the same thing. You keep saying it. But you know what? I got to keep saying it because people keep teaching the law. They look at me like I'm crazy. But I can point you to the word. The Bible says the, the strength of sin is the law. I mean, it, 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 like, it seems like if you tell people to do nots, that they would do not. But it's actually the opposite of that. The more you preach the law, the more you give people, you actually empower them to sin. Because the strength of sin is the law. Huh? Man, if you want somebody, and it's just built into us, if, if, if you, this law, this whole law concept is just built into people. If you tell people don't do something, don't touch this hot stove. People want to touch it. Man, even I, I, I got this box that they bring, these, they bring this food, um, these little um, bowls of food, like smoothies and oat bowls and stuff like that. And so at the bottom, and, and it's got this ice pack at the bottom, okay, and it keeps it cold till you can get it in your freezer. But when you open the box and you take the stuff out at the bottom, it, it says, don't touch this down here. Put my finger down. <laughs> I, put, I put my finger down there. What I want to do that for? It's just like so. It's that's the way the law is. When you tell people, man, don't commit adultery. Don't commit adultery. And you preach hard on it. And there's been preachers who preach hard on it and end up in it themselves. Hard on sin. But but the strength of sin is the law. 2 Corinthians 3 calls it the ministry of death. But grace, the Bible says, sin will not have dominion over you because you're not under law but under grace. Under grace, it seems like that, that you, you, you and people think, well, man, you preach grace, people are going to set world records in sin. That's what people think. I mean, uh, people, if you preach that, that their sins are all forgiven, past, present, and future, people just go to sin like crazy. But no, the opposite is true. Sin won't have dominion over you when you're under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law but under grace. So if that's true, then if you're under law, sin will have dominion over you. What's the answer? What's the solution to sin? Not to tell people to stop sinning. It's preach grace. The abundance of it. It's the abundance of it. So isn't it interesting that one, one of the things that Satan wants to attack is grace and righteousness. Preaching grace too much. You're preaching righteousness too much. How can you preach too much on the two things it will cause you to reign. 
Now, if I was the devil, that's what I would do. I would, I would like, 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 shut him up somehow. Think about this, class. Think about this. Wouldn't it be like the devil to try to promote preachers to preach more on sin? If you understand, if you understand this lesson, if you understand what, like what the law does, wouldn't it be like the devil to preach the law and preach sin and preach a do good, get good, do bad, get bad system to preach the law? And then when he, when, he, when he hears grace, he wants to shut that up. Oh, no, no, no. People are going to sin. You know why he says that? He's a liar. He's a liar. Huh? So I ain't going to let him intimidate me. He is a liar. Grace sets people free. An abundance of it and and when people understand that they're the righteousness of God in Christ, faith righteousness, man, it's going to unlock the blessings of God and the goodness of God in your life. And surely this goodness and mercy is going to follow you. you. You don't have to chase it. If you believe right, you're going to see good. I'm not done with this. I'm done for today. Every head bowed, every eye closed.